0: Hello and welcome to Econoday Unplugged. It's Tuesday the 8th of January. I'm Jeremy Hawkins here in London and since this is our first podcast of 2019, on behalf of the entire Econoday team, I'd like to wish you all a very happy and profitable new year. Joining me as ever, crystal ball freshly polished from across the pond, is our resident US guru, Mr Mark Pender. Thank you very much. Happy new year to
1: you too, Mark. Happy new year uh, to you too, Jeremy. Thank you.
0: Okay, right then. So, what do we got? Well, I suppose 2018 now has clearly been and gone, and I guess we have to say it was a disappointing time for many investors, with most markets ending weaker, on the back of what rising interest rates, political uncertainty, a potentially dangerous shift towards protectionism, and slowing global growth. Now, last year markets opened in optimistic mood, which inevitably left them vulnerable to bad news. And as it turned out, there was no shortage of that around. But as we begin 2019, investors seem to be at least a little bit more cautious, which is probably no bad thing. That said, it's already been a very volatile time, particularly in the equity and currency markets. So it seems that uncertainty levels are high. So let's have a look then at what some of the big issues might be as far as this year is concerned. Mark, you've just had a booming employment report, but seemingly a less hawkish Fed, and you've still got a government shutdown. So what's going on?
1: Well, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's first start with the employment report. Uh, it was a booming report. That's uh, especially true. But it, uh, e- And even though average hourly earnings, which is the standard measure of wage inflation, rose, uh, showed pressure, the ac- the actually the, r- the report is, uh, I think, uh, dovish. And the reason is, is because of a, a significant uh, movement of nearly 300,000 uh, unemployed uh, moving into uh, pounding the pavement now. Uh, They are actively looking for work. This is a big stimulus, and this is exactly what the labor market needs to uh, ease stress and ease the risk of uh, inflationary uh, wage pressures. So we had a rise in the unemployment rate to 3.9% from 3.7%, and that would would make you think that the, the labor market is weakening, but that reflects... These uh, folks now actively
0: looking for work.
1: Uh, when so, you're actively Mark, so, looking for work, you're you're considered to be part of the uh, labor right. market. Right. So
0: what? How? What's the participation rate now? And and how's it sort of compare with normal standards or cyclical highs and, and it's lows? It's still
1: down, but it's uh, it's up from uh, recent lows at uh, at sixty three point one percent, and that was a, that was another positive in the report. Now today. Uh, which is uh, uh, January 8th, Tuesday, we had the JOLTS reports, one of the reports that hasn't been affected. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, And it... Likewise, the data here lag, uh, it's also produced by the labor department, uh, the Labor Department, but it lags the employment report uh, by a month. But it showed uh, easing strains uh, in the labor market in November, which uh, is a falling in the uh, number of job openings, which were far exceeding the number of hires and the number of people looking for work at six point eight eight uh, eight million in November down from seven point one. In October, and so that there too is a, a little bit less inflationary. Uh, job openings were, were have never exceeded uh, the number of uh, unemployed until last year. That was really a hallmark, and really was at the very heart. Of the what, what the Federal Reserve uh, was concerned about, which was um, a, a, a strains a scarcity in the labor market that would not only be inflationary but would contain uh, business expansion. Businesses can't find um, the people they need. Uh, so, but when do you want to talk about the breakdown of all the uh, the government shutdown? I, I know the folks want well, to hear in, about in, that. In,
0: in, In a nutshell, I think, you know, on the big question, I think people are starting to ask now that, as as I understand it, this shutdown has been going on. Is it it the second longest we've seen something like that? Yeah, it's
1: a little bit has a different feel than the other ones. uh Well.
0: Well, the real case, I suppose, you know, bottom line stuff is, is it now lasting long enough to actually have some kind of economic, economic impact?
1: Uh, if the the amount of people who are affected uh, it, uh, or, or are at risk of being affected is about eight. It's just under a uh, million, eight hundred thousand, which is about a half a percent of the actual total labor force. Uh, so. Um, that is, you know, on the margin, a significant uh, possibility of uh, disruption. Um, certainly, it will uh, slow things down. And if it does slow things down, that would ease uh, the pressure on the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, which could become a market positive. Uh, boy, that's a hard call, though. Uh, and it's such in flux and it's such an unknown. But the longer this goes on, the greater uh, the risk is to the economy. We've already lost significant data uh, new home sales was the first to go in late December. Uh, then we had uh, international trade uh, that was supposed to be advance report was delayed. The report for last uh, for uh, uh, November was delayed yesterday. And this is a very important topic right now with the Chinese uh, uh, trade talks. Um, the breakdown, the bilateral breakdown between the two countries, isn't available anymore. Um, so, and also all the if I can just really quickly put it into a nutshell. Uh, The um, Commerce Department has closed. And so you could get data from the Census Bureau and the data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis are affected. And these two groups concentrate and the GDP calculation, uh, inventories, uh, we don't, we're not getting those data, uh, trade, we're not getting that data. Retail sales would be the big, if the shutdown goes into next week, that'll be we- uh, Wednesday next week, we're not going to get retail sales. And of course, this is for December, the holiday uh, season. So uh, the GDP component of consumer spending is uh, unknown. Um, however, real quickly, however the Federal Reserve is unaffected. Uh, It's a private or a quasi-government private organization. And uh, their premise, their pillars of uh, policy are employment and inflation. And those two sets of numbers will continue to come out uninterrupted because those are produced by the Labor Department. So Interestingly, uh, the Federal Reserve will be able, to, I think, to conduct policy uh, pretty much as normal. Uh, and of course, they have their own data as well. They have the; uh, they still private data. And the Federal Reserve also has the industrial production report that itself uh, creates. So I think there will be enough incoming information for the Federal Reserve to to conduct policy. And then we'll still have the FOMC forecasts, and we'll have the Fed chairman conferences okay. but it, but that's if it goes on and on you know but we don't Ooh. know uh, well let me turn this back to you and and i'm talking about se- severe fatigue and that has to do with brexit
0: i mean oh, dear. How, I can, I
1: can. how much can this go on and i know it's so, it's getting more and more important but as we as we're getting to what may be the finish line I, everyone's running out of gas
0: as soon as you mention the word Brexit I can hear people nodding off um, yes yeah, sadly we can't start 2019 without talking about Brexit and it is it's really as you suggest it's going to be the dominant feature as far as European financial markets are concerned for the time being what do we know so far since uh, we last had the pod- podcast well to be honest not a great deal um, if folks remember what just over a few weeks ago now the government was due to present its Brexit withdrawal bill um, to the House of Parliament it decided to pull it at the last moment because it didn't think it would get it through. It has now indicated it will be holding that vote um, next Tuesday, so on January the 15th. And it still looks exactly as if we'll get exactly the same result. That is, they won't get the thing through. So it still means then that ultimately the final outcome is completely unknown. We've got all sorts of options on the table. For what it's worth, my only guess is that they'll probably try to extend the deadline for Brexit, which is quite possible so long as all the EU countries agree to do that but there's a chance that the government might fall there might be there might ultimately be another referendum but it really is a case to just watch this space because it's going to have a huge say in what happens to not just sterling markets but eurozone markets as well so for europe i think you know the first point on the radar is going to be next tuesday when we get this uh, uk parliamentary vote I think the the big issues for Europe is going to be um, Eurozone growth. Um, You talked about your side on the whole doing quite nicely. Thank you very much. Over here, it tends to be the opposite. Um, there's a big concern now about Germany. Although we don't have December figures yet, it looks as if the German manufacturing sector is now in technical recession. And of course, Germany is such an important part of the Eurozone as a whole that where Germany goes, it tends to drag the rest of the Eurozone. So, uh, G- along with Germany, it.
1: so yep. now you're talking about it, what, industrial production has declined for two quarters in a row?
0: Well, in very near. Very nearly, and um, We let's say we've we've had the um, where are we? November figures out this morning, and they were down almost two percent on a month. And effectively, it means we're going to need to see a huge increase in December. I mean, an implausibly large increase just to keep the quarter flat. It's already full in the third quarter. So, at all intents and purposes, you know, German manufacturing is already in recession. And the worrying aspect is looking at you know the forward-looking indicators, you know, the orders data and confidence levels. They're all heading in. In the wrong direction, um, which, of course, you know, raises the whole issue about what happens to ECB policy. The Fed may still be in tightening mode, but as far as the ECB is concerned, well, we know they finished with quantitative easing at the back end of last year. But the idea of a hike in official interest rates from the European Central Bank, I mean, really, it seems to be as far away into the distant future as it's ever been. Uh. I think in regards to the ECB as well, something you know, people should also be aware of this year, or at least to remind them, um, that uh, Mr Draghi will be standing down in October. So we will be looking for a new ECB president. Um, for what it's worth, it looks as if it could well be the head of the Finnish central bank. That's Erki um, Likkonen, I should say. If anything, I think he's probably seen as being... Something of a clone of uh, Mario Draghi. So if that were to be the case, I don't think have a big impact, but it's something to keep an eye on. We'll also be getting a, a new ECB chief economist as well. So there's something there. Politics will continue to be a major factor outside of Brexit. In May, we'll get the European Parliamentary elections. And that's going to be an interesting litmus test because I'm sure people remember there was a, a fairly significant shift to sort of you know, the anti-disestablishment parties across Europe during 2018. Well, this will be the big European Parliament elections. And if we see the same sort of move taking place then in May, then it's got to be bad news for the idea of you know, European stability and harmony and could certainly be a potential big negative as far as the euro is concerned. Oh um,
1: can I, can I ask yeah. about France and the and the well, uh, and the reviving of the protests and also indeed, the, the crackdown and, and and the hooligan and uh, Macron uh, uh, you know the government saying they're hooligans
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it really is. I mean, not so very long ago, President Macron was, you know, everyone's sort of lovable president as far as the world was concerned. He seemed to be getting everything right. At the moment, everything appears to be going wrong for him. He's already given away in terms of uh, having to hike the minimum wage, pull back on some proposed taxes on um, fuel. He's also uh, tinkered around with pensions. And at the moment, it looks as if for all the talk about fiscal reform in France, it simply ain't happening. And again, if you're looking for reasons perhaps to be negative on the euro, that's got to be another one. And bear in mind, too, of course, we will be getting, a, you know, effectively Chancellor Merkel's indicator. she'll be stepping down as, um, as the Chancellor come the next election. She won't be standing. So there's a lot of political change taking place in Europe. And, of course, Italy, well, OK, they managed to fudge this budget agreement with the European Commission at the back end of last year. But really, I don't think people have got too much faith in it. And an Italian fiscal credentials remain, you know, very much with a kind of a dark cloud hanging over them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess before we sort of round this off, before we go gone for too long, i just mention some of the other factors that perhaps people should be aware of. China obviously is one of the big risk factors for 2019. Um, we've already seen the central bank reduce or announce a, a cut of 100 basis points in re, minimum reserve requirements or bank's reserve requirements, I should say, um, to take place this month. That's a larger cut than we've typically seen, which suggests some genuine concerns about the slowdown out there. And what happens to China is not just going to be in Influence, you know, the global economy, obviously, but it's got big implications for the emerging markets. So the emergers themselves be hoping that, you know, the Fed doesn't hike interest rates too much further. And they'll certainly be hoping that the U.S.-China trade talks, which appears to be you know, giving markets a big boost at the moment, they actually resolve something in a very positive way. So, um, well, I guess if we put all that little lot together from what Markham and myself have just been talking about, it kind of suggests that the natural markets in 2019 could be just as frothy as they were in 2018. So it's probably just as well that today is National Bubble Bath Day. So best get <laughs> is, that, the
1: Luther- is that real in the UK? Oh, apparently, no, just-
0: apparently, it's supposed to be some global thing, although who decides, oh. it, I don't know. So best get the Luther out, strap in for what could be another <laughs> rocky ride. Um, And in the meantime, well, from Mark and myself, thanks as always for listening. And we look forward to doing it again next week. Bye for now.